Hello. Thank you very much for choosing Get Out of Rap again. In today's episode, I'm joined by Omar Paul, who is the Delivery Director at Make Positive. Hope you enjoy it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Get Out of Rap. Today, I'm joined by Omar Paul, and Omar is Delivery Director at Make Positive. Omar, thanks very much for joining. It's good to see you. Thank you, Martin. Delighted to be here. And this is another in the series um, that we're doing with Sabio. And we'll talk about Make Positive and Sabio and how they align. And we've got some really interesting topics to cover. First of all, it'd just be great to get to know a bit about you and how you are here now as a delivery director at Make Positive. What's, what's your journey been in our industry? Cool. Martin, um, quite a journey, actually. So I, I started my life with uh, Oracle. Um, and every, everyone knows Oracle. It was yeah. my first job after being a graduate. Um, Travelled the world implementing Oracle solutions. And I started off as a technical consultant. So dare I say I could write code at the time. Oh. Um, yeah. And then um, after that, I sort of went more into functional consulting and more strategy consulting, implementing ERP solutions and then CRM solutions. Um, at the time, Oracle was just developing their CRM proposition. So I was lucky to be involved in developing their CRM products, their marketing product, sales product, the e-business suite as you see it. Um, and it was interesting because um, at the time I was living in Italy, that was the first main implementation of Oracle CRM. We were doing a partnership with Hewlett Packard the idea was HP was going to sell servers with Oracle CRM pre-built on there. Um, and, um, and, and that project sort of carried on for a while. And after that, I, um, I was introduced to Salesforce um, through somebody actually I hired to do an Oracle project for me. Um, and it's probably one of the brightest people on the planet. Um, I won't name it, I'd love to, but uh, he did something quite amazing with Salesforce. Um, and uh, he invited me to join the project and I was blown away by Salesforce, you know, the agility that this system has. So things that would take me months and years to achieve in the Oracle world could be done in days in the Salesforce world. Um, and that's how I got introduced to the, the ecosystem. I, I joined a company called CloudSense. We, we grew CloudSense from uh, the six people when I joined. And this was the person who I talked about and I hired, he started a company. And we took the company to about 120 people in 18 months. Wow, um, so it was recognized as the fastest Salesforce partner, fastest growing Salesforce partner, speciality in CPQ um, around you know, the product configuration side. Um, and then it was after sales, it was after CloudSense that I thought, you know, what a great concept, what great technology. Um, why don't we take this to other parts of the world? Uh, and I always wanted to go to the Middle East. So um, you know, I said to our CEO, let's go to the Middle East. Um, and uh, you know, we agreed that I would go over to Dubai. Um, and uh, we sort of started, our, I, I started a separate sort of entity, a separate business out there to help companies in the Middle East recognize the value of cloud. Um, they were very nervous because they didn't know where their data was. Uh, they don't like leaving data outside of the region. But slowly there was a bit of adoption. Um, and then I ended up spending the last uh, six or seven years in Dubai, 
Uh, not all of it in the Salesforce world. Um, I did a huge transformation for Emirates Airline. Um, I, I transformed their loyalty program. I got into the loyalty space a lot. I worked with a company that owns Nectar um, and Air Miles and sort of helped them develop their programs. And then I joined a retail portfolio, um, which is a huge portfolio of almost 200 brands, including Harvey Nicks, uh, Bloomingdale's, Dolce Gabbana, Armani, various others. And my job was head of customer experience. Right. And that's where sort of the passion of customer experience together with technology came. Um, and then came back after seven years, joined Make Positive um, and uh, I've been there since really. And uh, I absolutely love Make Positive, by the way. You know, great company. There is a lot, there, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, I guess first and foremost, what was it like? Had you had any experience of um, the Middle East and that culture, or was this brand new when you went there? It was brand new, Martin. Um, and uh, I went there on some interesting terms. I, I went there without, effectively, without a job, without a contract, without a business, to actually go and set something up. Um, so everything was very new to me. Um, I, I had a couple of friends who'd sort of been and gone and one friend who was actually living out there um, and, you know, he sort of helped guide me. Um, I took the family with me, which was interesting. We basically packed a container and just ended up on the other side of the world living in a yeah, hotel for the first month. Um, and then, yeah, then we, we sort of gradually got settled there uh, and everybody loved it. It was absolutely an amazing experience. You know, I'd, I'd recommend it to anyone to go and spend some time out there. Um, life is very, very different, very different. In, you know? in what way? Well, in every respect, really, the sunshine, the food, the people, the culture, um, they are ultra modern when it comes to new trends, new technologies. Um, in fact, I think a couple of days ago, they just launched what they call the Museum of the Future. Um, well worth looking on social media if you've not seen it. This is probably the most beautiful building on the planet. It's a, it looks like a spaceship that's just sitting there. Um, so they do all of these things. They're, they're into extremely, extremely high tech. Um, you know, they, they've just started to regulate crypto, for instance. Um, you know, so very, very leading edge stuff. But at the same time, it's almost as if they're moving too fast for you know, some people within the region to catch up. Um, and so certain things kind of lag behind. You know, and this is this learning. So customer experience is a classic example. Um, there was a huge thing about investing in customer experience. Um, they, they brought me on board to, to basically develop the customer experience of all of these hundreds of brands. And it worked really, really well. Um, it's enthusiasm rather than rushing in, I think. And uh, it, it's, a, it's a wonderful experience because, you know, you get that startup buzz in every little thing they do, um, you know, and, and sometimes it's, it's, it really sort of, you know, changes the entire uh, face of the way things are done. Um, you know, there was a company out there which was very similar to Uber, you know, and they went full on, high tech, everything, Uber actually bought them for, you know, a number of billion dollars. Um, and so in such a small region where the population is smaller than the population of London, 
um, in, in, you know, in the UAE. Um, and in fact, in Dubai alone, there's probably a third of that. Um, to be able to produce companies and, and to be able to produce futures of that scale is pretty amazing. So there's a buzz about it. There is a buzz about it. Um, but at the same time, I love being back. I love being back in the UK um, and it was extremely refreshing to be back, um, you know, um, and, and that's just because of the mindset, you know, over here it's, it's a lot more mature. It's, 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 it's quite refreshing. Um, I can knock on a CEO's door here and um, have an idea. And, um, you know, the response I'll get is, that's a great idea. Why didn't we think of that? You know, culture of entrepreneurship and real zest to get things done is that something that uh you can replicate anywhere it just through it, have you learned that those kind of experiences and go right i'm going to apply that same that same kind of sense here uh absolutely and if i don't do that um someone like me starts to get bored a little bit um when i joined make positive and this is a perfect example i found this group of amazing people, extremely bright um, and extremely dedicated who act like a family. And uh, it's almost like they're all brilliant, brilliant drivers. But the car they have is a slightly slower car. So when I came to Make Positive, for me, it was, okay, what can we do to get to this super fast car so that Make Positive can really fly? Um, Right, let's look at some methodologies, let's look at some accelerators, let's look at you know, learnings, reusability, um, let's try and get people focused on certain areas which we know will be big. Um, and I was all in, I was all in on that sort of front. Um, and and, I, and I, loved, I loved working with Make Positive, I love working with Make Positive, you know, how um, that, that drives things as well as keeps me entertained and keeps me happy. Um, you know, one of the outcomes of that was make positive, growing to a point where it became very desirable. Um, and then the Savio story starts, right? So, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I, 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 that's me through and through. You know, throughout my career, I've, I've been doing that. I love that. And the, I just wanted to touch upon, before we get into kind of make positive and Savio and how you guys align, um, the, it seems, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, you, you this you start in technology but then you see then you take on some real key roles in customer experience the two are those the two really important parts of your of your makeup if you look back at your career so i'd actually extend it one more martin there are probably three core parts of my career um there's a fourth one which i think is exceptionally important i'll come to that um, customer experience is really important. I've always been passionate that companies offer the right experience to their customers. There's all sorts of studies, um, you know, which uh, which prove that customer experience is key. Um, you know, things like I think it's Bain Consulting that said two times more annual growth for those companies who focus on customer experience. That's huge if you think about it over the years. Um, employee experience for me, people are exceptionally important, um, and I think that they sometimes get left behind in us trying to please the customer all the time. The customer's always right. The customer's always right. Well, actually, if the people are not going to be happy, we're not going to be able to make the customer happy. So customer experience, people experience, operational excellence. That's the third one. 
um, and it really is about doing things in an efficient way. Um, there is, you know, you won't have a business if um, you, you're, you're not operating in that way. So those are the three things that come together, really, CX, UX, and operational experience. Um, and the other one for me is on a more sort of personal level, it's happiness, it's people happiness. That's super important for me, really. And I know it relates to customers and, and, and also employees, but, you know, family, my daughters, my friends, you know, they're all very important to me. Um, you know, I like to help wherever I can. And, 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 and really, if you can help someone, why not? And that, that's the sort of ethos, really. I think that that's the fourth pillar, I guess, of, the, of my being. I love that, because it seems like, there was certainly felt like there was a time in the past where the, you had to, the distinction had to be left. You know, you had to make it very clear work outside of work when the two are so interlinked and actually the pandemic has kind of blurred that, but not shying away from talking about happiness and being happy in your, in your role and happy in your life. The two things are so interlinked, aren't they? Do you know, um, the interesting thing is when I joined Make Positive, you know, the first sort of question I asked Mark, our CEO, was, you know, what's your vision? You know, and he said that Make Positive's vision is one word, happiness. You know, that is the key vision. And then off the back of that are all the values and the strategy and everything else. Um, that was a perfect match for me. You know, so uh, that's why I'm then, still here. Well, I love it. And then that's then... Um, before I kind of took us off on a little tiny tangent, um, but it was a good one. You you kind of ended with the story of Make Positive and, and Savio. So what is that story? So quite interestingly, Make Positive grew to become quite desirable as a company. Um, and uh, you know, in, in the early days of me being at Make Positive, there were companies knocking on the door because it was at the time, uh, still is the UK's number one boutique Salesforce Consultancy. It's a summit partner, which is like a platinum partner right at the top. Um, hundreds and hundreds of successful projects with one of the best CSAT scores um, in the industry. So a very desirable company. Um, but Mark, our CEO, if I may say, um, you know, had, is also concerned about people's happiness. And what he didn't want to do is try and make, make positive this rather gray, big machine corporate. Um, and we've seen that before in the past, right? So companies like Tequila got acquired and other companies got acquired by Accenture and PwC and, and various others. And, and they start getting absorbed into this corporate way. And those people who have built this company up to be the exciting company that it is, they don't connect anymore with that corporate culture. And so, we were always looking for, you know, something different. And then comes along Sabio, right? So first of all, Sabio doesn't have a Salesforce arm of the business. Um, so why would they want Make Positive? Make Positive is all through and through Salesforce. Well, it's because it's quite a clever little strategy, actually. So Sabio prides itself on CX, customer experience. And then customer experience is more about the front-end customer experience, the interaction that somebody has, voice, chat, bots, 
um, you know, and then relating to that AI systems, telephony, um, you know, all that sort of good stuff. So front-end customer experience is there. What they didn't have is a solution arm that can also serve the second step in that customer experience. So it's like going to a check-in desk at the airport. You know, you wait in the queue to get into a check-in desk. It's like waiting on a phone call to get answered. When you get to the check-in desk, um, you speak to someone. That's the first interaction. Savio does that beautifully. Then that person needs to be able to look up your information and check you in. Well, that's where Make Positive comes in, right? So that customer experience then gets extended. Um, and then beyond checking, then actually getting someone sitting on a plane, all of the operational stuff through integration, you can see that Savio plus Make Positive then ultimately deliver the end-to-end -end customer experience, right from that front-end customer experience, which Savio is brilliant at, through to the kind of the middle office customer experience, which Make Positive is brilliant at, um, and then also being able to connect through to all deeper systems and deeper ways of working, which again, Make Positive is brilliant at. So it's really a perfect marriage, really. So now Savio has a, a very strong three key areas that come together, CX, CRM, and actually that whole customer experience strategy. You know, all of this thing comes together, you know, in, in, in turn, without absorbing a company into a corporate world and just getting bigger. So that's what makes Savio make positive connection you know, quite unique. Um, and as a company, it becomes quite unique as well. There's no one out there who does everything end to end. I quite like those two key things there for me is that kind of, first of all, the, the acquisition um, to maintain the thing within the company you're acquiring or merging with or whatever that attracted you in the first place. Like you say, rather than just assimilating it and just kind of morphing it into the sameness to actually recognize the attractive qualities and allow them to flourish being point one the other bit is i was very excited about putting this um, podcast together because if i look back to all of the different episodes of um, get out of rap one of the things that people have asked about haven't really covered is the whole part of crm and its importance in customer experience and I don't think I could come up with a better kind of metaphor or analogy than the, the airport one, because it really does bring it to life and show the importance of CRM, right? I'll, I'll, I'll tell you another very quick story, Martin. So I was involved in CRM 20 plus years ago, um, and uh, it was me and uh, one of my colleagues back in the Oracle days, we, we, were, we walked into a hotel in, in Amsterdam to, there was a company out there we were helping, um, and walked into the hotel, gave my passport and a business card to the check-in desk, um, and the lady picked it up and she said, oh, welcome back, Mr. Paul. It's been about three years since we've seen you. I thought, wow, that's, that's really good. And she said, oh, you know, how was your birthday? You know, that was, it was a week ago. So, yeah, a really nice birthday, thank you. Um, and my colleague, Alistair, was wowed by this because we were out there designing these CRM systems, and here is... A lady who within a split second has has given us um you know this crm experience she knows yeah. me she knows my name she knows i came here three years ago she knows my birthday what a great interaction and so i asked her i said well 
And he's leaning over the desk trying to find out, you know, what system do they use? Um, and uh, she said, no, no, we don't use any systems. Like when you came through those revolving doors, um, the person at the door must have asked you, you know, if you've been here before, because you must have told him you came here three years ago, because he looked at me, he went like that. So that's how I know you came three years ago. When your name, well, it's on your business card and your, your, your date of birth is on a passport. So I know it's your birthday a week ago. That's CRM. Yeah. It's a way of doing business, right? It's not necessarily technology. Um, but it's technology that can enable it and scale it, um, you know, to be more effective. Um, so, you know, that, that's sort of the, the CRM story that I, I, I tell people, you know, what is CRM? That's CRM. You know, it's not it's not Salesforce or it's not Oracle. It's it's a way of doing business. Salesforce enables that in a beautiful way, no doubt. Um, but it's actually the mindset. That's the tr that's true customer experience, really, isn't it? Because yeah. without without that, without being able to access what makes us individuals and what makes our interaction with whichever company we're dealing with unique, it's kind of just. Uh, pleasant window dressing as opposed to something very personalized that straight away makes you feel looked after yep absolutely absolutely and how um how have you seen then crm develop over your kind of career and to, and to date where where does where is it now in comparison to where it was so, so no one used to take CRM seriously, um, you know, to be frank, 25 years ago. Thomas Siebel used to actually work for Larry Ellison at Oracle. You know, he went to Larry and said, I've got this idea, this thing called CRM. And Larry said, never work. And he went and he went and set up Siebel, <laughs> yeah. you know, billion-dollar company, which ultimately Oracle bought back. Um, you know, similar story with uh, Salesforce. It will never work. Cloud, who's going to want to put their data on this internet, right? Um, but it's developed since. And I think what's happened now is people have recognized that the customer needs to be at the heart of everything. Um, when you put the customer at the heart of everything, you'll be able to deliver a good experience. You'll also be able to deliver the most efficient way of working because everything you do revolves around the customer. It's the customer who you reach out to when you market to them. It's the customer who reaches out to you when they respond. It's the customer you relate to when you're processing a sale, you're going through a qualification process. It's the customer who's ultimately going to pay you. And it's the customer who's going to come out to you when they want some help and support. So all of these things, they all became customer relationship management. So CRM evolved from being just a, a database of companies you're talking to and people's names that you're interacting with but an entire ecosystem of technology that helps from all the way from marketing through to selling, um, through to managing orders and fulfillment. Um, and, and everything that touches the customer, it's like a big cycle. And all of these things go into a sort of a central uh, intelligence pot, so to say. Um, and imagine a situation where you know who you marketed to you know how they responded, you know who bought, you know who didn't buy, you know the reasons why, you know who's complained, you know who paid. Yeah, that is very powerful data. And companies began to realize that when they had that kind of insight, that in itself is an improvement strategy to learn from that cycle. So next time, who do we reach out to? 
or reach out to customers who will probably respond. Which product actually worked? Well, we're going to launch products that actually do work. Um, you know, so CRM becomes the, the central strategy for companies to improve. And so it's evolved hugely. And companies like Salesforce have, have really you know, led the way. Um, they, they've come up with you know, an amazing platform that you can build upon. Um, they recognize that all companies are different. So even though they might be doing that same cycle, everyone operates in a different way. Everyone has different products. Everyone wants to deliver a different experience. Um, but all of it's CRM. And, it, and it's become so evolved now that you know, there's, no, there's no set way to do CRM. You, know, you have to become more and more innovative each time. And that's where companies like Make Positive come in you know, to understand your business and, and sort of help you, guide you into how you should be doing things as opposed to just standard stuff. You know? um, and Salesforce as a platform is great for that. Like I mentioned, you know, back in the days, Oracle, it would take months and months and months to, to change something on a screen. Um, whereas in Salesforce, you can just do it in a few clicks. How, so would that, um, how would that interaction look like then in terms of uh, your first, uh, Make Positive's first discovery sessions with new clients? Um, are they coming to you with, with nothing or with kind of like legacy patchwork quilt type systems that they've developed what what or is there not any one overarching kind of they're, they're, they're all they're all very different um, in their approach and in the stage they're at um, i think what tends to happen is make positive was kind of known more about as the salesforce expert so when a company knows they want salesforce they'll then reach out to make positive and say, look, okay, we've decided we're going with Salesforce. Can you come and help us? When we go in to help them and the discovery starts to happen, they realize that we can add a lot more value. Um, you know, we can advise and guide on how to best use Salesforce, as well as talk about ideas in the business. Um, and, and, you, and you'll find that, you know, it's not just standard CRM anymore. There's so much more you can do with the platform, which they hadn't thought of. I think slowly companies are beginning to realize that actually we, we, we can be very good consultants. You know, we can be very good advisors before we've even decided which module you need for Salesforce. Um, so we're now beginning to get more involved in very early stages. And you, know, you mentioned the word discovery. I think that's, that's a really good word. Um, so now we sit down with customers and, and discover what they want to do as a business. Um, you know, and, and remember, transformations are a combination of people, process, and technology. And uh, they discover where they want to go. And then ultimately they conclude, how are we going to enable this using the best technology and people and processes? Um, and that's where we then come into our real own and actually deliver um, that end-to-end -end solution as well. But now we get involved in those very early stages and that's great because you, know, you help to shape the way the business is gonna work. And you give them, I guess, the best opportunity to maximize the commitment that they're about to make so that yeah, the, 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 yeah exactly the idea is that they should feel glad in the investment they're making with us and it really is an investment rather than a cost um, we completed a project recently for the performance rights society prs um, you know who, who you may know well when when they reached out to us initially it was about we're looking for a partner to implement salesforce and we went back and said, well, actually, 
we can help you really transform the experience of your members. That's an interesting discussion. Let's talk about this. And, and, and that's where we went with that, really. And uh, they decided to go with us. We had a good, beautiful two-year relationship, you know, which is still, still happening. Um, and we really did transform the way the members now interact with society. So. And that's kind of value add that you just you maybe don't even expect, but you certainly is, you know, priceless, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it, it's not only priceless, but it's, it's rewarding for us to know that we made a difference. We didn't just deliver what was needed. We actually made a difference. What excites you about the future? And this can be Make Positive and Sabio or Salesforce or um, this kind of the, the interaction between um, CRM, CX, UX, you know, what, what's kind of the thing that, because it, it seems to me you definitely are someone that, that seeks out that kind of, whether it's a startup, whether it's really accelerated growth, a new culture, something that has to kind of really get get your interest and galvanize you. What 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 is it about the future that does that at the moment? Do you know what, Martin? The future is both scary and beautiful at the same time. So and, and I'm not a futurist, but I, I can kind of see there'll be two directions that the world will go in. And there'll be two groups of people who will be doing that. One direction is that of making technology a part of your everyday so much so, and you're so immersed in it that you begin to forget the real world. Um, so everyone's out of the metaverse. You know, imagine a situation where you you don't even move out of your room anymore. In fact, you end up you know a few years time you'll be in a pod. I was saying to someone today actually that these very sophisticated VR headsets are actually very rudimentary. They're very rudimentary in terms of technology because the future is being able to interact with your optic nerve so there will probably be a little chip somewhere or you know, a little gadget you you wear which connects to your optic nerve so you'll be seeing things um, without using a headset um, and when when that happens you're truly immersed in this new world um, and that's a little scary yes you can achieve lots you can meet people and you can interact and you can do lots of work uh, I was at JP Morgan or one of the big banks who just announced um, a space on the metaverse. And now they said people can work 24 um, seven. Why would you want to work 24 seven, right? You, <laughs> yeah. you, you, you work Sorry, to have a good life. You need that balance. If, you're not, if you don't have a good life, what is the point? Is there anyone asking for that? Sorry? <laughs> is there anyone saying, hello, I'd like to work 24 seven, please. I know, exactly. Um, so, so anyway, so there are, there are groups of people who will adopt it so much. And the way the addiction is with, with this technology that on demand, I can press a button and open an app. So we get so used to it that yeah. when we have to wait for something, it becomes annoying. Um, very young children now are on demand all the time. They press a button on an iPad, it happens. So this whole metaverse and everything will be quite second nature to them because that's what they'll have. I'll press a button, I'll be in New York. I'll press a button, I'll be sitting with Martin by his side, right? We won't be doing it over Zoom, we'll be doing it in a virtual room. Um, and then you've got the other side, which are those people who are completely going to reject this and say, Do you know what, I want real earth. I want sun, I want sand, I want the sea. 
you know, I, I, I want to be able to explore this earth, plant trees as you know, the, the Salesforce ad goes, which I sent you the link for. Um, so where, where these two connect is what's super exciting, right? Um, robotics, physical robots, super exciting. Yes, scary, but at the same time, um, exciting. AI, machine learning, you know, all of those things which are now talked about, uh, but not um, not realised fully at the moment, the power of these. Uh, I think that there's, there's huge movement in those. Um, it will transform the way we interact, it will transform the way we, you know, we work. Um, Tesla bots are already being manufactured, or they're being designed. Um, super interesting how um, Elon Musk basically said that uh, he's limiting the, um, the power that they have, so they can't run more than five miles an hour so that you can outrun it. Um, <laughs> they won't be able to lift more than wow. five kilos. You, they won't be able to lift more than five kilos so that you can overpower it. So they know how dangerous this is and they're kind of limiting the hardware, but the question is, how long will these limitations last? How long before somebody starts to hack these things? Um, but all of that fascinates me. Uh, and I think, you know, Getting, getting um, a, a place of harmony between this virtual world and the real world, that's, that's the balance that you know, we, we should be after. So we can't escape it. No. Uh, absolutely. You can't stand in the way of progress, can you? And I, I'm with you. I find it extremely, extremely fascinating where kind of fiction and real life, you... You know, it won't be long before, well, it's already happening, isn't it? Remember the Black Mirror series on Netflix? That's, there's, there's a, so much of that that is, is real, real now. Uh, I, like, I like exploring this distinction sometimes that we make, where we, when we use the term customers, it's like they're a separate species to, to humans. And I wonder what your thoughts are on something you mentioned there about how we all must recognize that if something doesn't happen instantaneously with technology, we can feel irritation. And it's only a few years previously where you were more patient about that kind of service delivery. Now, oh, why isn't this working? What the hell's going on? You, you know, you're, you're straight on it. How do we in our, in our industry cater and cater for that and still deliver kind of exceptional customer experience? So I think um, the first thing is to set the right expectations. Um, you know, the, the need of having something sudden is the expectation that it will be there. Um, if we know something will take time, human mind is, is great at adapting. So setting those expectations up front with customers is, is great. And giving them the facilities to self-serve um, so they don't have to rely on you know, a, an interaction is, 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 a, is a great step as well. Um, and then when they do have to rely on interaction to make it as seamless as possible by doing all the common sense things you would. Um, you know, so, you know, for, for example, if you've asked somebody 10 questions about something and you now need to pass them on to someone else, let's make sure those questions are passed on to as well. Um, because that's going to start creating frustration and delays. Um, so there are a number of things that we can do to enhance our experience. Um, 
the the the, the on demand even in the real world is is very real now uh, when we order something on amazon you know before we were happy to wait seven to ten days for a delivery right now everyone wants prime do you know why because you can yeah um yeah because you can you want it and because now you have it it's normal um so we launched a um an, a solution in in Dubai. It was a business that we launched uh, called Unas. It's an app um, that's basically a bit like Amazon, but all around uh, luxury goods. So all of our portfolio of hundreds of brands, we were able to deliver uh, if you ordered online within two hours. It was a two-hour delivery promise. So if, for example, I'm going to a party tonight and I and, and I'm and I'm looking for heels. I don't wear heels, by the way, but. You know, <laughs> um, I should be able to find something, press a button at six o'clock and it will be at my door before eight o'clock so I can wear them and go to the party. So even in the real world, the expectation of quick service is there. Um, the, 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 the interaction point is data-driven, right? That's the key thing. If you have the right data at the right time to be able to respond to a customer, you'll be able to buy time if you need to, um, and you'll be able to serve them fast as well. You know, the most annoying thing is when, if you, if you call up a hotel um, and they've got your phone number, it's great when they say, oh, we recognize your number. You know, you're, you're a member. Um, I don't need your name or credit card or anything like that. You know, when are you, when, when are you visiting? Yeah. And, and that's that's the data that you have at hand. Um, if you have all of that, and despite that, you don't you know, don't use it, then it will frustrate people. Yeah. So, I think it's a case of use the tools you have, use the data you have, set the right expectations, um, and um, and humans are real. That's the thing, right? Everybody is human, and you sometimes forget that. I mean, you know, you, you mentioned something quite interesting that we've seen customers as something different but actually customers are all human even if our customer is a business it's run by humans that relationship that we build with humans no machine can do that um, and, and that will buy you you know that trusted relationship being a trusted advisor to someone being um, you know trusted supplier to someone will buy you more than technology can ever do I hope that's where that third arm, that experience piece comes in. Um, yeah, so I think there's a lot you can do, but above all, be human. Love that. And it's also, in the example you gave, well, the business you, you, you worked in where a two-hour delivery time, so even if you had the most committed, well-intentioned people with customers at the forefront of their minds and... They were just amazing people without the, as you say, data, infrastructure, efficient processes, that would never work, would it? And I guess that's, that's to your point earlier around everything that is in the, the background that CRM can absolutely enable has to be efficient because yeah. otherwise you can't deliver the type of customer experience that not just wows people, but people are going to see as standard yeah absolutely and and the challenge is martin um, as we progress in the future we we're becoming it's becoming normal it's becoming normalized this excellence in service has become normal um, how do you 
move it up a notch. That will always be the challenge. Right? Um, and, and I'm not I'm not a film film buff in any way, but Minority Report, if anyone's seen it, um, you know, being able to be recognised as you walk into a room, um, to know your preferences, to serve hyper personalised content to you. These are all the things you know that will connect with you. Um, and how do you move it up a notch? That will always be the challenge. You know, to, uh, to be creative. That's where sort of you know yeah, we've got to innovate. Uh, but we'll we'll all get there eventually, you know. And then the next thing will be how do you move it up another notch? <laughs> exactly. Well, I can see I can see in all of our discussions so far those the the pillars. I just want to touch on um, one of those that you mentioned, which is this kind of the employee ex experience and where where do employees um, sit in this kind of what can be, I guess, a this dizzying assent to embracing technology dealing with increased customer demands and um you know the the if the, the pandemic being like a bit of a circuit breaker to the old ways and where the employee sits in that you know you you mentioned it as one of your four four pillars what are your views on where's where's employee engagement going so i think for for who runs businesses it's people, right? Um, it, it's the employees. Um, they, they need time to, to think, they need time to innovate, they need time to process their work. Um, and if they do it happily, they'll be far more efficient. Numerous studies around the experience. And the first thing is, when you enter a company, um, how do you feel? You know, if you are enthusiastic and happy and excited about it, you will go that extra mile, you will innovate, you will bring ideas. If you come into a company unhappy, not being happy with the recruitment process, you think, oh my God, have I made a mistake? And already a part of your mind is occupied in a negative way. So the employee experience starts right from, even before you join a company actually, searching for a company or being approached by a company or just seeing their ad on LinkedIn, that's all employee experience the route that people take to get into a company, it's employee experience. When they land and they're happy, they then need to be sustained, they need to be kept happy because at any point they can start, the performance may go down. You know, the we have to continue taking an interest in people because they matter. Um, they are the ones that are gonna make our business successful. They are the bright minds that are gonna come up with new ideas. They are the workforce that are going to do that last mile delivery, right? So happiness is important at every single aspect there because it will impact performance. I've got this cat meowing in the background. Just give me one second. <laughs> yeah, so no problem. <laughs> so, uh, I don't. I don't even know how it came in here. I, uh, I think my daughter. My daughter opened the door and let her in. We've got. Um, we've got three cats. Cat, cats, kind of, cats rule the roost, even though I've got a dog. <laughs> they, do they do, yeah. So, yeah, sorry about that. So, yeah, the, the, the employee experience right from the beginning to the end is, is super important. Um, there was a study, and I forgot the name of the study that they did some time ago, where there was a factory, um, and they wanted to see how they could improve the performance of employees. So they decided let's the lighting might make a big difference. So they put these new lights on and, and the productivity went up. 
and they thought that's interesting. And so then somebody said, well, let's see what happens if we turn the lights down. You know, let, let's see the correlation here. So they turned the lights down and actually the productivity went up higher. Um, and, and they thought, well, okay, it's not the lights, what's going on? And they realized that actually the, the productivity has gone up because this, the, the owners and the management is taking an interest in how people feel. That's what it is. Um, so just that interest to know people's passions, to know, you know what excites them outside of work. I make a point to meet every single person that joins Make Positive um, because I want, whether they're a, a graduate that's joining or it's a technical person offshore or onshore, whatever it may be, and I want to know who they are, not what they're going to do for us. I know what they're going to do for us. I recruited them for that. But who they are as a person, you know, do they like sports? Do they like arts? Do they like, you know, what is their ambition? Um, you know, a year ago, one of our very senior people left Make Positive, and he always had an ambition to travel Europe with his kids. He, he had a camper van. He wanted to take his kids out of school and take them on a trip to Europe. You know what? We supported that um, because it mattered to him and it mattered to us. Every single day he was with us, he was happy and he was um, excited because he knew he was, he was going to go on this thing he's always looked forward to. And he did an, he did an impeccable job every yeah. single time. So customer experience, happy customers, sorry, happy employees will make happy customers. There's, there's no doubt about it. Happy employees will make a better working environment for other employees, um, which will make more efficiencies. They will work better. They will have better ideas. It's a, you know, you wake up in a good mood, you'll get a lot more done. You know, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you're sad about something, you get sucked into that. Um, and it's just normal human behavior. And I, and I don't know why it hasn't been recognized before employee experience as a concept, uh, but it's very real now. Um, and, I, and I think, there's lots of very deep studies around that, Martin, around what actually makes an employee happy. There are certain things which are short-term gains. If I give somebody a bonus, they'll be super happy, excited, but actually it won't last too long. If I just raise their salary, they'll be very happy for a little while until someone else comes along and offers them more. There's, there's a lot more you can do to keep employees happy. And, you know, and it's basically recognising who they are, what their passion is, what motivates them, what they want to learn. And every human being is different, right? And we connect with them in that different way. So yeah, I, I, psychology, people psychology is, is again, something that's fascinating. And again, it goes back to, you know, there could be two types of people and how psychology is going to change is going to be interesting as well. Um, so I, there's a huge connect between employee experience and customer experience. There's lots of correlations. Um, in my previous role, I was head of customer experience. One of my one of my subtasks, so to speak, was to enhance the employee experience and see how that correlated to customer experience. And we used to measure customer experience across these two hundred brands using Net Promoter Score (NPS), which is the question you always get: you know, How likely are you to recommend a friend? That's a good measure of experience because if you've had a good experience, you recommend someone, right? Um, and we said, well, does the net promoter score go up if our employees are happy? Um, so we, we, we did this exercise of various surveys, various changes in processes, changes in working hours, changes in lighting, the music and the you know, place and everything, all sorts. 
Um, and we saw that there's a direct correlation between employee experience and customer experience. And then there's a direct correlation between customer experience and revenue, right? So senior managers, even the finance director thought, you know what, we need to keep our people happy because we're going to make more money. That was his focus, <laughs> yes. right? Yeah. But, but there, was a, there was a correlation, yeah. So That's definitely really important because you're, you're showing people in that um, study that you mentioned in the factory is uh, basic human level someone showing care about your environment so is your environment the one that you want or the one that helps you deliver a good job is really is really important and, it, and sometimes not overlooked but i also think this kind of with a workforce that is hybrid at home in you know coming back or wherever it may be thinking about people's environment is is really important but it's just it's fascinating listening to you, um, listening to you talk. And I don't think we've even sort of scratched the surface. I think you'll have to um, come back and, and and do another one. We've probably only got to like a, about a third of the things that I know we could we could talk about. So Omar, um, thanks very much for for this part. Let's let's book in another one, shall we? Yeah, happy to, Martin. John, um, you know and, and thank you for, uh, for for listening. I think. It's quite nice that you're actually in the flow of this conversation quite nicely. Um, you know, I think all the things that fascinate me um, are, you know, sort of things that you, you're thinking about as well. And uh, it makes a nice conversation. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. I appreciate it. And I'm, I, I'm sure people listening will have done as well. So, Omar, thank you very much. No problem. Thank you, Martin. Thank you. Have a good day. Enjoy yeah, your you evening too. and uh, stay happy. <laughs> Love it. Thank you for listening. Why not head over to getoutofrap.com, access the free resources site, drop your email in there, and I will send you a one-pager cheat sheet, some white papers, the newsletter, anything really that comes out of the great content shared by guests. So head over to getoutofrap.com and sign up.